all about. And uh, last week we looked at Paul's words and we focused on the name God because Jesus is God. And Paul makes that very clear in Philippians uh, chapter 2. And and so we are camped out in these six verses uh, this week and again next week. And uh, just under, trying to understand, wrap our minds around what Jesus and what Christmas is all about. But Jesus is deity. The Bible is very clear and emphatic that Jesus is God. And last week we talked about why Jesus came. He had to be the sacrificial lamb. When we read the Old Testament... It's not just a lot of neat stories in the Old Testament, but the stories, the books of the Old Testament point to the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. And when we come to the Gospels, the Gospels isn't a parenthesis, you know, of the Old Testament and then getting into the letters of Paul. No, it's the exclamation point of the Old Testament. And, and God's promised son, he delivered. It took him 2,000 years, approximately 2,000 years for that pr- pr- promise to come. But when God promises, he never reneges on what he promises. God's promises may be slow, but they are sure. And you can count on them. And so uh, Jesus came. Uh, to be the sacrificial lamb. And it had to be God. It had to be God because there would not have been a sacrifice perfect enough to appease the, the wrath of God towards sin. God hates sin, and sin must be punished. And the amazing gospel story is that God himself and his son, Jesus, took the punishment. God punished himself so that our sin might be forgiven. It's, it's an amazing story. And I hope, I hope you understand all that Christ did for for you and I. And so he had to come, and then finally we looked at the fact that God was so crazy about us that he came and did the ultimate. He died in our place. That's how much you matter to him. God doesn't make any junk. God doesn't make any mistakes. And Jesus saw your life as so valuable that he was willing to die for it, to pay the price for your salvation. And so that's what we looked at last week. And so this morning, I want us to read, uh, beginning with verse 5 again, uh, Paul's words about Jesus. And we're going to be looking at the word servant this morning. Paul says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, 
and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And we will end there this morning. Not only is Jesus deity, but Jesus is also man. He is the God-man, the the God of the universe. For Jesus, the creator of the universe, clothed himself in humanity and was born a baby and became one of us. And while he was here on this earth, not only was his being the very nature of God, but his being was also the very nature of a, suit, of a servant. He came in human likeness this, when he came on Christmas. And so this morning, I want to talk about the nature of Jesus being a man. And so four words I want to look at this morning in what Jesus made himself. The first word we see is in verse 7. The Bible says he made himself nothing. In other words, Jesus came selfless. He made himself selfless. He made himself the lowest form of humanity. Not the highest. Jesus came from the highest. The Bible says that Jesus shared the glory of his Father. And in John chapter 17, verse 5, you know, he longs for that glory uh, once again when he goes back to be with the Father. And so Jesus knows what it's like to be at the highest. But Paul says when Jesus came to earth, he made himself nothing. He turned in his glory for humanity. Now, he didn't give up his glory. Jesus still had all the deity, all the nature of the Godhead. The Bible says in, in verse 5, who being in the very nature God, that nature didn't change when Jesus came to the earth. He was still very much God, but he clothed himself in flesh. He's not saying, well, I used to be God, but I get, gave that up. I'm not God anymore. No, he is still totally God. And we see that in Matthew chapter 17. In Matthew chapter 17, at the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, Jesus took three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, up on that mount. And the Bible says that uh, Jesus became um, just whiteness. There, there, his clothing, his countenance was so, so bright that bleach couldn't make things as bright as Jesus became. And Jesus was pulling back his flesh just a bit to reveal who he is as well. He is deity. And the disciples saw that, and they were, they were amazed. And they wanted to just continue to stay up there and worship Jesus. But no, they had more to do. Jesus had more for them to do down in the valley. 
but it was on the Mount of Transfiguration that we get a hint of how much still God he is, and he hasn't given that up. You know, when you look at um, the Muslim faith, and they look at Christianity, uh, the cross to the Muslim becomes a huge stumbling block. Because they, they think to themselves, if, if, if Jesus really is God, he would not have subjected himself to that kind of humility and torture, and God wouldn't have died. But we see from the Old Testament, we know from Scripture, that Jesus had to come. God had to come, and he had to be that perfect sacrifice. And so as he was hanging on that cross, suspended between heaven and earth, and dying, bleeding out for your sin and my sin, the Bible says he was still very much God. He did not give up a millisecond of his deity. And the reason why Jesus could do that is because he came and made himself nothing. He didn't try to talk himself out of it and convince himself, no, I'm better than that. I'm, I'm not going to cross that line. No, he was nothing. He was selfless. He wasn't here for himself. He was here totally for other people. He was selfless. Not only do we see from Scripture that he made himself nothing, he was selfless, but the Bible also says that Jesus became poor. Now, we don't find that in this text this morning, but in your outline you have 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. The Bible says, For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Jesus had divested himself of the riches available to him in heaven. Jesus came, and he was destitute from a human perspective. Jesus had little to none. Jesus chose Joseph and Mary, this impoverished couple, to be his parents. God made that decision. Not Mary and Joseph. It was God, it was Jesus who chose to be born in a, in a barn. Here Jesus is, the God of the universe. He's the creator of all this. You know, if I were writing the story and God were to come to earth, I would want him to be born in Jerusalem. I would want him to be born to people of wealth, of resources that would uh, help him be successful. But no, Jesus came and, to, and chose to be the lowest of low. Jesus, his whole life, was homeless. He didn't have a pillow to lay his head on. The clothes that he owned were the clothes that were on his back. 
You never read of Jesus carrying a suitcase, do you? With wheels on it. Jesus never owned a boat. He had to borrow a boat to preach to a crowd. Jesus didn't own an animal. He had to borrow an animal. Jesus had to borrow a room to have that last Passover with his disciples. Jesus even had to borrow a tomb to die. But only for three days, and then he gave it back. But Jesus became poor so that you and I could become rich. He traded places with us. And we take on, we inherit the riches to Jesus when we choose to believe by faith. Those are made available to us. But we see from Scripture that Jesus made himself nothing, made himself poor. Number three, he made himself a servant. The Bible says, taking the form of a, serv- of a servant, or the nature of a servant. That, that word for nature is the word morphe. And what that word means is that the nature of the, or the form of who that person is, whether they're God, whether Jesus is God, because it's the same word, morphe, whether he's God or whether he's a servant, it is the real deal. It's, it's not fake. It doesn't change. It's true. And that is, that is who he is. And so when Jesus says that, Paul says that he took the form of a servant or a slave, that was the very nature he took on. He didn't pretend to be a slave. It wasn't something temporary. That is the very nature the Bible says that Jesus took on. He became a servant. He came to serve. We don't see him coming to be served. He came to serve. Luke 22, verse 27 says, I am among you as one who serves. Matthew 20, 28 says, The Son of Man has not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. When he borrowed that room on the last Passover and introducing the new Passover, the Lord's Supper, before that began, we see Jesus Washing the filthy feet of the disciples. You know, there should have been someone else in that group who could have washed the the feet of the disciples. But Jesus chose to do that. He chose to pick up the towel. The God of the universe stooped and washed feet. Why did he do it? 
because he was selfless. He made himself nothing. It, it wasn't about him. It was about every one of us and everyone out there in the city of Ridgecrest and every person in the state of California and this nation and around the world. It was all about people, others, not himself. And fulfilling the will of his Father. Jesus came as a servant. And as the Pharisees watched Jesus' life, I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't get past his humanity. I mean, it was blasphemous, the things that he was declaring about himself, that he was God. How in the world could, be, could he be God? Look how he's dressed. Look where he's come from. He's come from Nazareth. What good comes from Nazareth? Jesus, Jesus' humanity, his servant heart and attitude was a huge stumbling block to the Jews because God would never have stooped to those levels. He can't possibly be God. And even, even the Pharisees themselves would not have done the things that Jesus did as he served us. They wouldn't have cleaned the feet of those disciples. That would make them unclean. And yet this is what Jesus did. And why did Jesus do this? As an example for you and I. Just as he served, Jesus says, we are to serve others. We are to go and do likewise. When you look at your life, Christian, it's not about you. It's not about what others can do for you. It's about what you can do for others. Jesus made himself a servant. And he wasn't a fake. The Bible says this was his nature. This was his morphe. It was for real. Just as he was God, he became a servant. Fourth thing that we see in this passage of Scripture is that Jesus made himself humble. Jesus divested himself of all that he was entitled to. In other words, he self limited himself. He was God. At any moment, Throughout his lifetime, he could have called a legion of angels to come and serve him, to rescue him, to do, respond however he may have been, had been needed, or what his needs might have been. He could have called on that. 
but he stayed humbled. He humbled himself, and he remained humbled. He remained self-limited in his omniscience and his omnipotence. In his omniscience, someone asked them, well, Jesus, when are you going to return? And, he, and Jesus told his disciples, that's, that's not up for me to know. That's not for me to know. That's, that's what my Father in heaven knows. He self-limited himself. When Jesus was on the cross dying for us, he self-limited himself. He could have rescued himself. People challenged him, wanted to see him come down from the cross. If you'll come down, Jesus, then we'll believe, then we'll know that you are God. Jesus chose to remain on the cross because he loved you and I. His love for us and mankind kept him on that cross. Jesus knew what it was like to enjoy the glory in heaven. Jesus knew what it was like to... to Enjoy the presence and the affirmation of his Father. But Jesus humbled himself. He came all the way down, so far down, to even submit himself to being rejected by his Father. He had never experienced that before. He had never experienced, he had nothing but pure love, unfading glory with the Father. But he became, he made himself nothing, a servant, a slave, and humbled himself to the point of death. Not just any death. Paul says, even death on a cross. The worst form of torture devised by man, Jesus subjected himself to. He humbled himself. When Jesus humbled himself, he never drew a line and said, okay, I'm going to go this far but I'm not going to go any further. I'm not going to do that. That wasn't in Jesus' vocabulary. Jesus humbled himself, Paul says, even to the point of death on a cross. That's what Jesus made of himself. And why did he do this? The reason why he did it, we've talked about it already, but this is what life is all about. It's not looking out for your own interests. It's all about giving to others. And Jesus gave 
all of himself. He came to serve, not be served. And when we understand a true servant's heart, and we take on that nature, that morphe, ourself, then we begin to discover, we begin to really live for the very first time. I've got a video that I want to share with you. I'm going to get a little sappy right now, okay? Um, came across this video this week, and um, they were interviewing some underprivileged children just out the outside of the Atlanta area. Um, Families in this um, Boys and Girls Club, there are families that uh, you know, can't afford a Christmas tree. They have very little for Christmas. And they're interviewing, they're giving children a choice. So I want you to watch this video. I think you'll really appreciate it. Let's go ahead and play that. Let's turn off the lights. Turn up this the is for Christmas. What are you hoping to get? A computer. Big, giant, Barbie house. A trophy case. An Xbox 360. Minecraft Legos. What do you think your mom or dad want for Christmas? My mom would probably want a ring. She's never really had a ring. Jewelry. She loves jewelry. A new TV. Like watches. So, you actually did buy an Xbox 360. What in the world? What is this? Okay, you you really got this for me? A new laptop. Wow! And it's a necklace! So we also bought a necklace because you said you also wanted to get a necklace for your mom or your auntie. The catch is that you can either get a gift for yourself huh? or you can pick a gift for your mom and dad. I need you to pick one. Now, now before you answer, Oh, I bet that's hard. Is that a really hard question? Mm-hmm. What gift do you pick? I choose this. I gotta go with the ring. What gift do you pick? That one. That one. That dress. I'll choose this for my mom. I'll choose this one. It's a really tough question. I'll give him this. You already know? Tell me why. Because Legos don't matter. Lego, your family matters. Not Legos, not toys, your family. So it's either family or Legos, and I choose family. I get gifts every year from my family, and my mom don't get anything. If I get a laptop, my mom will get something. She helps me when I'm sick. She helps me with my homework. She gave me a house to live in. They look out for me and do stuff for me, so I need to give back to them. Now I have the opportunity to give them something. Because you actually picked the gift for your family, you're actually going to go home with both. Tell me how you're feeling. I'm feeling really happy and Why? thankful. Just happy. 
thankful. For your family? For what? My family. Everything. He did make his decision, actually. And oh, he picked the Pandora Charms. I think we'll leave the lights off because I know, probably know what you're doing right now. I think I've watched that four times and I've cried every every single time. You know, <clears throat> when they interviewed a lot of children, um, it wasn't in this video, but they said 80% of the children chose the gift for their parents over themselves. They understood the heart of Christmas and the sacrifice that others have made for them. Jesus became a servant and made the ultimate sacrifice for your salvation because you were worth it. That's how important you are to him. And when we understand the good news of the, of, of the gospel, that we deserve punishment for our sin, that God took the punishment upon himself so that you wouldn't have to. And if you would just believe in the ultimate price that Jesus paid for you, because he wants you, he wants to call you his child. And we, by faith, understand that and believe that and give our hearts to him. He transforms us from the inside. He gives us the insight from Scripture to know that he is who he claims to be. That he's God. Because flesh and blood cannot convince this of this. Only faith through the gift of the Holy Spirit. We know that he's God, and as we look at his example, Paul tells us these things of what Jesus did for us so that we might be of the same mind. Look at verses, Philippians chapter 2. You have verse 5 in your outline, but I want to read verse 4 and 5. Paul says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others, just like these kids did. And have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. 
And if we love Jesus, if we understand the length, the degree that Jesus went to for me and you, we will take on the heart of the servant as well. Because that's what Jesus wants us to do. It's not about you. It wasn't about him. It was about others. And that's Christmas. God help us to be givers and not takers. God help us to come into this facility on the weekend and say in our heart of hearts, it's not about me. What can I do for others? How can I serve others? That's Christmas every day of the year. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that for many of us here in this room, you have given us eyes to see who Jesus really is. And God, in that knowledge, in the truth of this text, you tell us to be of the same mind. And God, we can't do this in the flesh. It's impossible in the flesh. And God, I have a very selfish nature. And it easily defaults to what's in it for me. What am I going to get out of it? And that's not the heart of Jesus. Help us, God, not to draw a line telling ourselves no further. I'm not willing to pay that price. I'm not willing to do that. Because that wasn't Jesus. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the example of Jesus. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, maybe you're here. And for the, maybe the first time, you realize how crazy Jesus is about you. What he gave up for you. And this morning, you're ready to cross that threshold of faith and say, God, I surrender. I want you to do, invite you to do that this morning. Just right where you are, you can pray these words after me in your heart. God, I believe. I need you. God, take my brokenness, my failures. I give them to you. 
And God, I ask that you would make me brand new. Help me, Jesus, to live not for myself any longer, but to live for you. And if that's your heart's desire, Jesus has answered that prayer. Now that doesn't mean that everything is going to always be great in your life. You're not going to always get both presents like these kids did in that decision that they made. There are still going to be struggles and choices before you. And just like Jesus, you have to continue to say no to yourself and your own desires and yes to God. When Jesus emptied himself of himself, of his deity, and became a servant, that had to be a daily choice. He learned obedience through the decisions that he had to make, moment by moment, that it wasn't about him. It was about others and the will of his Father. Now go do likewise. And Christian, if I'm speaking to you and you've drawn a line and you've been living a selfish, self-focused life, beg God's forgiveness. Choose to live like Jesus did. Father, I thank you for your word and the meaning of Christmas and, and beyond Christmas. God, help us to be people who serve, who are taking the initiative and looking at needs around us and want to help meet those needs. God, we have needs in our church. We have needs in our community. Help us to be that humble servant that Jesus was and still is. His nature hasn't changed. May his nature be our nature. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're going to